Welcome to The Weekly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Chris. And this week on The Weekly. We just call it the OGL. Yeah, the OGL. OGL, special edition. <laughs> yes. From now. So you'll notice, yeah, a lot in per- of- <laughs> Into perpetuity. <laughs> yeah, it may, it may be a while until we stop talking about this. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to try to talk about yep, yep. is uh, the future of uh, 3D printing Ooh, miniatures. And some okay. good good authorities talking about that. Uh, Talos Lanta, Epic Edition. Epic Edition. Uh, Fat goblins f watsy bundle i saw that <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh hashtag open dnd open letter okay so here's a theme the theme is starting to develop yep. uh, basic fantasy ogl excised so okay. that, you know they're going to take basic fantasy and remove right. everything which is quite a process uh the big gold book uh of basic role play 99 cents nice. just in case you're looking for an alternative uh-huh. system uh-huh. apropos to nothing and paizo announces orc Open role playing content. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But we'll get to the yeah, license. There's a yeah, license yeah. Oh, that's not right. that's not okay, in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Creative okay, license, yeah. I think. Or yeah, something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Something like that. So it but, should uh, actually be like Oracle. Or oh, but that's just yeah. It's the right. year of the orc. <laughs> All right. So first, let's talk about uh, something that that will have an effect on tabletop, Ooh, but it's yeah. not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of authorities, uh, kind of in this. Um, industry were interviewed so alex ziff the uh, ceo of uh, my mini factory cool. and matt wilson the chief creator director creative director at uh, privateer press Ooh. so talking about uh uh in this creative space like mm. what's happening so you know there's been amazing developments uh with 3d printing but it still seems like it's about five years away before anybody can just push a button and right. get a miniature uh the, things aren't standardized enough there's a lot of tinkering there's a lot of kind of caustic chemicals and things mm, you're mm, dealing mm. with yeah so there needs to be some steps to make it more user friendly, more home, uh, you know, home use friendly. Right. They're not VCR stuff yet. Right, right. right. Yeah. So um, this, this is a great, great interview, and I probably should go into this like separately. I think a separate video would right. be okay. nice to to kind of discuss this. But some of the things they were talking about is the threat. Of course, this opens up the threat to IP rights. So we're going to have to resolve how to do that. Like once you have a digital file that's out there in the wild, and that's what a lot of people doing miniatures on Kickstarter said, we'll, we'll print these ourselves and, and you know send them to you. Don't, right. don't, we won't give you the STLs and people want the STLs, but it's out there in the wild. It, it you know, is everywhere. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like any digital, yes. digital file. Right, right. right. Okay. So it loses its value and it's really hard to... Uh, uh, yeah, to, to control. And also, um, uh, Ziff was talking about the uh, Metaverse, which we talked about, I think, a, a year or so ago. That's their philosophy and why they bought the um, the British company that actually does fulfillment of physical 3D right. printed miniatures is not uh, there's a, there's a really great quote about. Um, so we'd love to see a hybridization of these art forms. So the physical and the di- the digital renaissance and the, and the physical seeing tech uh, truly augment labor rather than a shiny, fragile paradigm eclipsing a tried and true one. Ooh, okay. So yeah, we, we already have these channels and fulfillment of physical goods and things. And uh, we need digital technologies to serve that as opposed to supplant them, but not really have a, a model. And, and right. like we're saying, have no value. Once things are in the digital realm, they have no value and can just be traded you know, endlessly, infinitely. I know a number of crypto bros who disagree with you. And I know those crypto bros, not by choice, right? right. Anyway. <laughs> not anyway. by choice. Uh, but I, I think that there's some uh, really good uh, really good points that they both make. Um, and talking about, uh, so contractual, contractual agreements that lock artists, painters, and writers out of control over their creations. So they hate to see that. And so they want creators to go on uh, being known as long as their work is visible. Hmm. So talking about how people can get, because there's so much great 3D work going on now for, for miniatures, and it's even outclassing a lot of the stuff that's being done by the big 
you know, board game companies, the big miniatures uh, hmm. companies in a lot of ways. So there has to be a way to kind of, you know, level that, that playing field and get them, uh, get them the attention and recognition, recognition for that work. Um, and uh, what was the other? I think like right now, the kind of the leveler is access to 3D printer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or access to a way to use it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, Wilson was saying from Privateer Press that we see a lot of misconceptions about the labor intensity of modern 3D printing. People watch videos about how easy it is. They get the impression that you're just loading a program and pushing a button, mm. but it ends up, you know, like we're talking about being much more involved and much more, you have to, you know, be gloved up and handle, uh, you know, fumes and, and uh, things. Do market. Well, you, you don't, but if, <laughs> yeah, no, if, you, like, if you like rashes and coughing, yeah, yeah, can, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know, so it's, it's not quite there, but yeah, they're saying it wasn't until, Oh, sorry. It wasn't until like I watched, cause you printed some stuff for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I watched later on, like, a video of, like, how a resin printer actually works. I went, mm. oh, you actually have, like, an open-topped chamber right, on this thing that right. you got to, like, pour the liquid resin into. And then it just kind of, like, you know, kind of yeah. s- slowly hardens the layers and stuff. And then I'm like, and then what? how do you scrape the extra liquid <laughs> resin off? And then you got to put it into this bath of chemical. Like, ah, yeah, okay. They're, they're, as easy as it is, there mm-hmm. are still... Not hurdles, but there's 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 still things to think about, right? right it isn't right. just loading a program and pushing a button and having something pop out yet. Like th- yeah. it is pretty time intensive, so. right? And the and the formats aren't it's not standardized, so there's a lot of tweaking that mm. you can do, and and people you know get really granular with it and want you know perfect layer height, so they have the minimal amount of you know visibility between yeah, yeah. The, the, layers, the layers and yeah. things. Yeah, so you get, the quality varies wildly. If you don't pay attention to that, you get much less. You know, well, we're kind of in like any new technology. We're in the wild west. Yeah, version right. of it, right? Where right. What I hope doesn't happen is some kind of tyrannical universal uh, standard. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it would help. It would help, you know, people be able to create. And right now, because so much, of, so many of the big companies are based in in China, you get cheap access to, you know, new kind of versions of things. But a lot of the components are cheap, so you're you're having to do a lot of DIY and a lot mm. of your own repair, replacing you know LCD screens and and things to uh, so you can even see what's going on with the the printer right. when things fail. So yeah, w- w- yeah, we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, I hope it is good companies that do step up to support this and bring it to uh, to people in a in a, uh, a more usable way. But you never know. I think, like you said, we're probably about like still five years till out. Be- for it being much more widely adopted. Yeah, and and hopefully Hasbro won't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Another Digital rights day. management. Class. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't push that button. You have to. It'll be a fingerprint uh, recognition every time you push the uh, button on the printer. Facial recognition. Then we'll just sell it to um, police companies. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Oh, so Talislanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Talislanta is back. The um, Epic tabletop role-playing game is on GameFound right now. Okay. So Epic, or sorry, Everything Epic is the company, and they've, they've produced a lot of um, licensed IP board games and things. It looks like they, they do some nice glossy work. I don't, physically, I've never seen any of their things, but they have a lot of examples right. okay. of stuff they've produced. So after 35 years, they're bringing back uh, the the original rule set for Talislanta. So it's, it's had a few versions, mm. um, it's uh, several versions, and kind of moved around between rights holders. A lot of people might be familiar with third edition. This is going to be the first edition rules. And hmm. instead of uh, and, and a very kind of deluxe, gorgeous version, they're calling the epic edition. Uh, so it's going to be uh, gorgeous color illustration, not black and white. Right. And, and the it's necessary to kind of do that because 
the world is so different. It's it's still fantasy, but that's not elves, dwarves, and mm. orcs kind of recognizably. There's a lot of uh, you know archetypes and monsters and things that are very original to the setting. Mm. And so having these things illustrated well okay. uh, gives you some really uh, it helps you, I think, immerse you in that world that in 35 years ago there, there wasn't the really ability to do. You're printing black ah, and white, really? okay. you know, black and white line art. I mean, you had a nice cover. There were really gorgeous covers on a lot of these books, but interior there was just nothing. Uh, sometimes that can be kind of charming, but. Yeah, so we're going to get a, uh, a player's handbook, a new atlas with illustrations, new equipment, weapons, new archetypes, monsters, and uh, it, it's going to be a limited print run. So this is not going to retail. This is uh, going to kind of uh, be the the ultimate epic version right. of the uh, 1.0 rule, the first edition rules, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, the only thing that I kind of question about it is the price. It's pretty expensive. Well, and I, I mean, mean, come on. What is it, like $1,000? We talking like Hasbro money here or like <laughs> yeah, reasonable? Right. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, to get, so it's it's a little funny. Just to get in for the um, uh, digital versions, mm-hmm. you're, you're already in, for the player's handbook, it's $25 for the PDF. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, they put a lot of work. I mean, they have to pay for all the work and the illustration and the work that they did. All three PDFs are sixty or seventy dollars, basically. Yeah. Um, the, just the physical core rule, rule book is seventy dollars, mm-hmm. but you get a, a custom careful with commemorative, <laughs> a commemorative, a commemorative. There you go. A, a commemorative, uh, I think, gold colored Talislanta D twenty. Okay, okay. It's uh, part of not this. not that page number is all that important to me. What kind of page count are we looking at? Because 70 oh, bucks for right, a single right. hardback book is uh, not yeah, outrageous, mm-hmm. but it's still up there. Yeah, I'm sure they said on the page, I don't have the the details right here about how... Um, I would expect like a 300. Yeah, probably. If, if yeah, Because it is, I mean, basically they're, they're adding, uh, well, and that's one of the things that's being added is uh, 5E stat lines for everything. So all the monsters sure and, and everything, yeah, <laughs> everything that they're mentioning. So this is the epic edition. So the, the, of the first version of the mm. classic rules in full color updated with artwork. And they're also including, yeah, 5E in everything. No, oh, okay. I was really just 70 bucks for mm. a hardback book is, is, Still up there. Yes, yes. And you haven't even had it shipped yet. <laughs> so To Japan? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing that got a little bit disappointing. Right. So, yes. So the, the core book is uh, $70, but you get the commemorative. Careful. <laughs> the commemorative D20. I don't want to have our comments flooded by a picture. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And the uh, uh, adventure, um, adventure uh, player's guide with a slipcase that will hold all three books, but will only get you one book one of those books is 150 dollars, and it still gets you a d20 there yeah. well i mean okay the slipcase thing they're not going to manufacture different size slip cases for right, people who under one book so i mean right, right, yeah right. it's a little bit silly to go i have a slip case for my one book that holds three but i mean mm-hmm. they made it as a set you're kind of getting the next yeah and the game master level will get you all three books and the slipcase, a DM screen, an art print, the D20 that doesn't make that gesture, mm-hmm. and a, a set of special dice made for this uh, campaign exclusively. That will be $200. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. high, but not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, okay, three hardcover books, screen, slipcase, yeah, dice, yeah, 200 yeah. bucks. Okay, that's all in kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Right. But unfortunately, uh, so America, Europe and America, kind of reasonable $50, $50 to $70 okay, shipping. Yep. Uh, anywhere else in the world, 
that's another one ninety nine. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> so it literally doubles the price. No. So I, mean, I can't do it. That's what can't we're do it. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with now. And and they're probably being very honest with their pricing. And maybe well, they I'm sure know, they are. Yeah, people that they know that you know if you're you're going to pay a premium to get this because yep. it's if you care about Talislanta and you want to see this deluxe you know epic edition that's not going to be printed again, you you know you're going to have to pay. And for like it. I'm sure it's it. I'm sure that printing is not their fault. I mean, like it. it oh yeah. Not yeah. that I'm sure it is. It is not their fault, right? Yeah. I'm sure they probably did the best they could. Right. That's just the state of the world. Like. Too many times in the past have companies we found out after the fact taken an absolute bath yeah, on yeah. shipping so that people now got to be like, sorry, it is what it is. We can't risk losing all the profit we made. Right. Plus your 25% you, you got to pay to uh, yeah. Watsi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus whatever you got to pay to Kickstarter. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Kickstarter fees. Yep. Yeah, somebody did a, a breakdown talking, uh, mentioning the the OGL again of a, a sample Kickstarter that yep. made that made a million dollars, and after production costs, Watsi made more than the creator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because their, it's their, not, their... it's not profit. It's, right. It's, it's revenue. Net. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's net. And, yeah, net yeah. revenue. Yeah. So, ouch. That's pretty pretty brutal. But moving on to more OGL talk. Yeah. Uh, oof. Yeah, we started off all with OGL that. all the time. Yep. It's a new model. <laughs> we have to change up the weekly OGL discussion. Uh, so drive through RPG had to get in touch with our our friends at, uh, at uh, the, the wonderful people at Fat Goblin Games, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey guys, uh, you know the name of that bundle that you posted? You might want to change it." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they had some. Uh, they made some valid points. Uh, <laughs> Fat Goblin said, and I guess uh, um, the uh, owner said, I, "I guess I let my frustration get the better of me," and so they'll be removing the bundle or just renaming it. Yeah. And yeah. so now it's called the OGL sale. It was originally called. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. F F, F asterisk. Yes, yes, right, right. And you know, it's it's understandable because you know, if if all the stuff is going to get taken off, you know, it's it's very frustrating for these companies. Or if they're going to have to go back into old catalogs, which could be hundreds and hundreds of of publications, and edit things just to make them, or or just lose revenue, like just you know, big pieces of revenue. So. but if you'd like to help uh, Fat Goblin Games create and focus on indie and non-OGL games, uh, uh, you can pick up this collection of everything that they've done under the OGL that may or may not be available in this form right. again. It's a huge amount of stuff. They said they didn't; they don't even have a, a, a total. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just did everything. Honestly. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So literally, it's like a, almost a $1,300 value if you bought everything separately, and they're selling it for $65. So everything they did under OGL. You know, we were talking about this uh, prior to the actual live stream start, mm-hmm. and there was, you mentioned a suspicion, or someone mentioned a suspicion that Watsi is just doing kind of like a scorched earth. Uh, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not saying that is or is not the case, but I mean... It, this is not the only OGL sale yes. I've seen. Oh, right, right? right. Like I've seen other people go, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm, all our mm-hmm. OGL stuff is available at a steep discount. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe Watsi is doing like a scorched earth being like, nope, you guys got to sell all your stuff. And then we'll kind of not be the only game in town. But yeah. Anyway. Well, referring specifically to the leaked OGL, like mm. uh, one of the, um, oh yeah, this I don't have this as a, a story, but the... Uh, one of the uh, YouTube channels that had this, they, they kind of leaked the um, some of the wording on their live stream originally and kind of started right. this. And then it, the Gizmodo article appeared and everything. 
Um, some of the wording is is really rough um, in, in this uh, introduction, just the introduction to the OGL. So uh, Watsi was saying, this revised license is intended to protect the D&D brand by reducing creator confusion, preventing bad actors from tarnishing it, and preventing large businesses from profiting off of it without proper checks and balances. And there you go. Yeah, so it's, yeah, we're, we're just going to kill everything that anybody that's been making money off of this they come to us they negotiate a separate deal and you know we'll yep. say this so this is uh with the, the christening and the godfather and everyone is just <laughs> getting whacked so watsi is uh yeah. yeah the the uh it's yeah it seems a little brutal so that that some of that wording uh in there they are just yeah we want to uh you know uh, we can't have this under monetized anymore yep. we need to make this as uh Profitable, yeah, possible. profitable yeah. as possible, and so we're still having more reactions. So we have the hashtag uh, Open D and D, and this is a uh, it's a there's a website now, and uh, basically an open letter that is saying Wizards of the Coast wants to dismantle the tabletop industry, and we need to help stop them. Okay. All right, I think I, I didn't read this. Mm-hmm. I've read snippets of it, mm-hmm. and well, I think it's heart is maybe kind of in the right place like the wording and like the tone on this it's yeah. like you are equating the D hobby to the entirety of the ttrpg uh, hobby which uh, is yeah. very much not <laughs> yes. the case so that's just slow very, your roll and don't point. be like the whole industry is gonna no that's a really good point the whole yeah, industry yeah. is not gonna fall apart a large chunk of it's gonna fall apart <laughs> right. right but that's not everything so yeah, yeah, yeah. no that keeps that, stuff separate yeah that's that's a really good point and there is some opportunism kind of coming oh, yeah, from yeah. this and these hashtags are being abused and stuff uh, like i think i already saw people saying hey this guy is in no way related to the open D. don't send him any kind of donations or right whatever. right so yay humanity <laughs> yeah right as soon as there's something that oh it's <laughs> it's being mentioned a lot there's there's money to be made mm-hmm. so yeah just a uh the, talking about the end of an era and um uh, Watsi intending to completely revoke uh, previous uh, OGL, and it'll choke a vibrant community that flourishes under this original license. And then, you know, talking about their twenty-five uh, percent royalties when they made one point three billion last year, and uh, so Sorry, some of the cutting things, in, but like yeah. the end of an era. Maybe that era needs to end. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's, Sorry, and it's I I keep forgetting how recent this is. You know how how recent the you know establishment of Paizo, the dominance of Pathfinder, then. Uh, 5e rising yep. yeah, that's it's like 2015 right Is yeah yeah, it, yeah that, i mean that's that's and the ogl has been ago. around since 2000 right right yeah so i think a lot of maybe we're kind of getting into it like a lot of the surprise mm-hmm. is it's been like this for 23 years right you've people have kind of assumed it's been like this for so long it will continue to be like this and it's just like mm. sorry Right. It was just 23 years of Hasbro going, yeah, okay, fine. And I bet it was Critical Role and other people, like other things within the past couple of years. I'm going, why are we not making bank on this? Right, right. Yeah. And it's the success of Magic the Gathering, you know, I think helped this exist, you know, the the open gaming license and everything to exist in this this state because they didn't focus on it. But this new refocusing on their five core brands and their, their IPs and everything that Hasbro is kind of commanding being done, I think. Previously, Magic the Gathering was making so much money. Yeah. Watsi, you know, and so, and that's what funded the purchase of D and D. You know, is uh, Magic the Gathering. So I think that helped for a long time. And but now they've decided, yeah, we're gonna squeeze. We're well, also, like, and maybe we'll talk about more about this later. I keep saying that anyway. <laughs> wait, like wait, 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 the wait. OGL, mm-hmm. even by like admission of its own writers, and like I've seen snippets of the original thing, like in writing and internal discussions, the OGL was never really to protect fans 
Right. The OGL right. was mm-hmm. designed so that Watsy could kind of shift the risk of making products onto third-party and freelance people mm-hmm. and fan content while still maintaining rights over the parts that they wanted ma- to maintain the rights over. Mm-hmm. And the ideal was to kind of saturate the market, basically, with D&D likes things built on this, you know, mechanic base so that people would associate D and D with TTRPGs, which is exactly what right. has happened. Right. And now we're at the point where people are like, oh, it's just OGL, OGL. And it was like, why? Right? Why do you need the OGL? Why do you have to put it out under this license? And I was having a discussion with people on on Twitter today, like some people like in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I agree with them where it's like the OGL, okay, does kind of protect creators from being sued by large companies, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost become a brand in and of itself, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. You see that OGL thing mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I know exactly what this is for. I have a large amount of trust in this thing because it's been there for 23 years. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. it's why do people use the OGL? Because it's like a shortcut mm-hmm. a little bit. Right, like, right. They see people's customers see that OGL mark and kind of instantly trust yeah, the no, product that's, that's a, yeah, on it. That's a good point. Yeah, and maybe that's what like, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, maybe that's what Paizo is trying to do is create, so. yeah, create another version of that that isn't beholden to uh, Hasbro. Yeah, so this open D and D open letter uh, at the, the time uh, at the time that I was reading this had about fifteen thousand. It's probably much more than that. Uh, mm. Signatures by a lot of people in the industry. So we'll see uh, uh, what kind of effect this has. And so the contents. I'll put a link to the uh, the actual page and the contents uh, of this letter. And just talking, uh, pretty you know, strong language. Um, uh, talking about uh, uh, revoking the, this mm. 1.1 OGL. Not only is it antithetical to the symbiotic relationship, but it is also un-American. We need a green screen with a flag right now. It splits right. the adventuring party. Uh, the OGL has cultivated over 20 years. So yeah, it's uh, it's just yeah. anti-American. <laughs> also anti-adventuring party. I don't know, like. <laughs> Again, I don't disagree with, like, the sentiment, and I get mm-hmm. that people are kind of, like, angry and upset, and why wouldn't you be, right? Mm-hmm. But, again, like, the wording of that, like, it's this is un-American. <laughs> You're splitting the party and the, the, this, this symbiotic relationship. There wasn't a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. It was a parasymbiotic yeah, relationship, Yeah, right, that's right? true, right, right. And, like, why is this only an American <laughs> value, right? And why is it an adventuring party, right? Like, I get it. Okay, it's D&D. So, like, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just kind of, like, said that and just, like... You didn't need to word it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think uh, the people that established this open GL, it, it, yeah, th- that's where they're they're coming from, and, yeah. and a lot of them are, are you know, they've made uh, producing this content into a business. They've had oh, yeah. you know successful kickstarters and things, and they're seeing this as their side hustle being endangered. You oh, know, yeah. as as it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's not being endangered, right? Mm. But I'm also saying you didn't have to use the OGL, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, as I just said, like. It's a it's a safety net. It's a brand. It's a shortcut. So your choice was, as a creator, use this thing that's going to give me kind of instant access and, and recognizability right. or with limiting my options. Right. Or do my own. And you you chose that side. So it's not exactly like, well, I didn't expect the Jaguar to eat my face when you joined the Jaguar face eating party. Right. <laughs> but it, it I do feel it is. A little bit of that, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. you were relying on the goodwill of a company to just yeah. maintain mm-hmm. this thing, and all of a sudden, the company's going nah, and you're just like blah blah, right? You got that that shock Pikachu face, and that was kind of always <laughs> that was always a possibility. So yeah, I'm not yeah. happy that people are 
potentially going to lose income. But this was a possible outcome. Mm. Yeah, so there, but for the grace of Hasbro. Yeah, yeah. I, which Hasbro no longer has any grace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yes. So more more responses uh, to this situation. Uh, basic Fantasy. So the Basic Fantasy project, which is avail- available for free, unless nice. you want a printed nice. version, and then you get it at cost. So a, oh, fi- nice. a $5. That's you know, the way to do it. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Five color soft cover. It's it's a you know, beautiful thing. Uh, so they are um, they posted a a manifesto of sorts as well as a plan. And what they because of um, this threat that uh, the OGO one point one uh, creates, they decided that they will excise the OGL from Basic Fantasy. Right, okay. So as a kind of a community project, they're going to take a look at, uh, so they need to identify the SRD bits that are spread throughout their rule books and find ways to to just kind of surgically pick this out so that they can keep their project running for the way that they want it for free uh, digitally mm. and uh, at cost print. So um, work on their current projects is suspended okay. and they want to... Um, First, make sure that they can go through and clean up the core rules. Right. And also people that have developed, they want to uh, recognize and make sure every, everyone uh, that has produced materials for basic fantasy you know, maintains their copyright of their materials mm-hmm. and everything is handled uh, very cleanly. It's going to be a huge project. Yep. And, and they said that, yeah, they're not... Um, they're not saying that this is uh, this is going to be easy, but it, they see it as necessary as, as yep. the, their kind of next step. And so, using a kind of a Creative Commons attribution yep. in the future will be uh, how they'll handle things. And uh, first of all, they say, "I'm I'm sorry for everyone that loves this game and hobby as a whole. Thank you for doing this, and I will salute I salute this initiative. So I'm sure everyone will be better served without the OGL." There's yeah. a statement I can agree with. That. Yes, yeah. <laughs> much better served. And another reaction, apropos to nothing, was the uh, basic role play. So Chaosium entered the fray with their um, 99 uh, cent sale on their big gold book. Wow. So this is the uh, the system, uh, basically the basic role play uh, total system uh big fat book that is normally uh, $22 uh, available digitally on drive through for 99 cents <laughs> of which drive through RPG gets like half of <laughs> yeah right right so yeah, if you're looking for a system to um to run you know mythic fantasy mm. or just about just about anything because uh you know call of cthulhu mm. uh you know rune quest everything is running on a version of a right. uh, uh, basic fantasy uh, pendragon as well superworld and stormbringer so um, uh, they'll keep this price until the uh, so next until next week the nineteenth uh, of January, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice chance to to pick that up if you've never seen it and if you want to see kind of the raw rules, mm-hmm. not not kind of tailored to any specific setting. Right. Uh, now is your chance, and we arrive last but not least yep. at Paizo. So Paizo had a big announcement, and uh, uh, we we know now that Watsi uh, in the uh, OGL it said January thirteenth. Today is the day this is going to take effect. To be fair, mm-hmm. it's tomorrow in the States. Oh, that's right. Right. Well, We're like a day only ahead. a few hours. Yeah. 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 Only, only a few hours. A few hours. Although they are West Coast. Yes, right, right. So yeah, so about four four or five PM right. here. Yeah, it's going to be the thirteenth. And uh, so on the twelfth, uh, so this is dated the twelfth, um uh Paizo released a statement and they're saying for the last uh, several weeks, rumors of Wizards of the Coast's new version of the open game license began circulating amongst publishers and social media. Gamers across the world have been asking what Paizo plans to do. And Paizo was kind of quiet about things. And um, I think, which I think is honestly kind of smart. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Pathfinder is not my game. So I'm just kind of like, whatever. But I think Paizo kind of did the right thing about it. he just kind of being quiet and waiting to see what was going to happen and then mm-hmm. finally going, okay, we got to do something. Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, that they believe the interpretation of uh, the OGL uh, 1.0 as being uh, 
uh, intended to be revocable and deauthorized is incorrect. And uh, but they they've kind of been anticipating this, and mm. I was surprised because we, we mentioned before that the second edition of Pathfinder it still has the OGL right. in it, but actually they have removed. They did that kind of just as a a, a legal kind of uh, pr- a little bit of a legal yeah, protection, yeah. but actually the content of that system removes itself from the SRD and uh, content of. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, you know, of the uh, OGL as much as possible. So they're very... <coughs> Sorry, but as, as we discussed, like, the... Okay, if anyone was... If, mm. if Wizards of the Coast was going to sue anyone for possible copyright infringement, because, okay, you cannot copyright mechanics. Right. What you can copyright is how those mechanics are expressed. And there was a really good article oh. by, uh, I think, Kit Walsh, where she had, like, two examples of an invisibility spell. One is just like plain oh, text yeah, yeah. fact only. The other is mixed in with like flavor, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, to cast an invisibility spell, like wave your hand, speak the incantation, and I'm not going to do the whole thing. But then like they they the co- almost copyrightable version, they named the spell. They put sprinkled in like place names, people names, a little bit of like fiction. Mm-hmm. That encroach not encroach but that that gets close to copyrightable material right it's still the instructions for the spell but someone might go you know what that's a little too close to ours we're going to sue you Mm -hmm. and if anyone was going to if watson was going to sue anyone it would be their biggest competitor paizo Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that even if pathfinder second edition was removed from the srd as much as possible they still included the ogl just to be absolutely yeah, sure watsy right. wasn't going to fucking sue them right right yeah cuz they have so much yeah so much re- relying on that there's i mean paizo is such a huge producer of yeah. uh, content for pathfinder and starfinder they didn't want to risk that at all so um uh paizo owners uh lisa stevens and paizo president jim butler uh were leaders of the dungeons and dragons team at wizards at the time of the creation of this and um uh, brian lewis a co-founder of azura law the intellectual property law firm that paizo uses was the attorneys at wizards that came up with the legal framework of the ogl itself so this is like you know these are in, people who were there yeah yeah so they, they know you know they know what they're doing they're just gonna kind of we'll just make up our own yeah, then yeah. we're guys. talking like like the signers of the declaration of independence <laughs> yeah, right, right? right to bring it to like american metaphor yeah <laughs> yeah right so yeah they don't believe that uh, the uh 1.0 uh a can be deauthorized but they're not taking any chances so basically um in this statement they are um oh and and so also too this is where they mentioned the second edition um of uh, pathfinder wizards of the coast uh, open game content was significantly less important to us as it was with Uh the first edition because they very quickly they, they talked about how quickly they had to kind of uh you know try to preserve 3.5 and and keep that going as 4.0 was was an interesting point right there but i was apparently wrong where Mm -hmm. it says the reason we no longer allow paizo to you while we still published it under the ogl the reason was no longer to allow paizo to use wizards expressions but to allow other companies to use our expressions right yes so that's that's kind of part of the discussion right like the ogl has become almost like a boilerplate like Mm -hmm. a standard template right where like other companies are using it probably to not get sued by watsy but also to allow other people to build content for their game with the agreement that we won't sue you. Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So it kind of yeah continues out. Yeah. So um, uh, we believe as we always have the open open gaming makes better gaming and improves profitability for all involved and reaches the community of gamers who participate in this amazing hobby. So that is why they are announcing a new open perpetual irrevocable 
Open RPG Creative License. And like in magic gameplay terms, mm -hmm. those words irrevocable have like important legal definitions, uh, yes, which is like yes. where, why this whole thing is right, kind of right. happening, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're clarifying perpetual and irrevocable. So they want this to yeah exist. So the this, this. That siren just stopped like outside. Maybe the Watsi police are on their <laughs> it's way. Could be. <laughs> if the stream gets interrupted, you'll know <laughs> yes. why. We've been taken off the air. <laughs> Uh, but the, this uh, uh, ORC, this new uh, system, will be uh, system agnostic for independent game publishers under the legal guidance of Azura Law, an intellectual property law firm that represents Paizo and several other publishers. But um, uh, so in addition, that would be Cobalt Press, Chaosium, Green Ronin, Legendary Games, uh, Rogue Genius. And uh, so ORC, I think this is very interesting and very important. ORC will not be owned by Paizo, nor will it be owned by any company who makes money publishing RPGs. Azura Law's ownership of the process and stewardship of it will provide a safe harbor against the company being bought or sold or changing management in the future, attempting to rescind the rights or nullify the section, like like happened yeah, lots yeah, of yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, they plan to fund a nonprofit with a history of open source values to own the license, such as like the Linux Foundation right. does for them. Um, for the Linux operating system. And uh, yeah, so the wording of this, it just, it really sounds like they, they know what they want to do. They know how they want to separate things. They know how they want to move forward. And they don't even have to care now about what Hasbro is up to and what they're going to, you know, what, what kind of shenanigans uh, they're well, going to Well, I, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's true. Because like, I think, okay, if stuff still uses OGL 1.0, if it does end up being through whatever reason that license is revocable and Watsi now says you must use 1.0, I think that does leave a question about what happens to Pathfinder and all these other right. games that were published under the OGL 1.0. Yeah, that, but that's going to probably be years to resolve. Probably, yeah, probably. Legally, but so. like, again, if there's a company with the legal clout and money to do it, it's Watsi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Hasbro. So, no, yeah. that's true. But and hopefully, though, like Orc will be moving forward. You know, oh, yeah, second, yeah. second edition will be you know reprinted without the OGL, and they can say, okay, fine. You know that that's we won't print that anymore. It's available for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you said non-commercial. You you don't take uh, royalties off of non-commercial. So you you know you're mm. we're not being sued for anything. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I thought this was yeah a really interesting move, and I, I like their wording a lot it, it uh yeah it was just very uh encouraging that they they've been thinking about this and uh yeah so uh they said that we hope that we'll continue to uh, you will continue to support paizo and other game publishers in this difficult time for the entire hobby you can do your part by supporting many companies that provide content under the ogl and there is a um a discount code open gaming for a checkout of sort of 25 percent off of all the uh, uh paizo stuff that is still under ogl uh so support uh, Cobalt Press, uh, Green Running, Legendary Games, all those guys. So they end this by saying, uh, we'll be there at your side. You can count on us not to go back on our word forever. Paizo Famous game. last words. Okay. <laughs> Until you're bought by Hasbro. Right, right, exactly. But the thing is, okay, like, I'm kind of skeptical about the OGL. Uh -huh. And I'm not saying Paizo has any nefarious reasons, but the OGL being a brand and there being like, questions about what's going to happen with it paizo kind of had to do this being like mm. we're going to be the new ogl yeah right right so i am kind of skeptical i'm less skeptical that they've given it to a like a, a non-profit like we okay we don't own it right we're just kind of helping put it together yeah. it's going to be over there these other people will own it and kind of be stewards of it so i'm wondering what a completely generic ogl would look like mm. because you, you can't it's either going to be really long to include all the ways that you can or cannot use 
all of the properties owned by these game companies right. or it's going to be very generic right right, right. i don't know and i'm going to have to bounce like oh sure sure three minutes yes, yes, yes but i was talking with people online especially like rob donahue whose name is on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and have you noticed that there are a lot of srds coming out oh no no okay like yeah, the yeah. system reference document yes, right, right, right so it right. kind of seems like everybody on their Everybody's mother is putting out this. Oh. do you know why hmm. it's because i said okay why do you need the ogl why can't you just do creative commons right? right creative commons is basically like there's a whole bunch of different licenses but creative commons is kind of like an all or nothing unless you kind of very clearly call out what is not creative commons right. a way to get around doing that Make an SRD oh. that is completely Creative Commons, yes, yes. and then release your game with the setting and material in it, and just say, okay, these are these are compatible. If you want to do your own thing, there's your SRD. Right. So that's why oh, a lot of people or a lot of smaller companies now are going. Here's your Creative Commons SRD. Go to town on it. Uh-huh. We don't uh-huh. have to worry about stuff in the actual game being used by people right. in ways we don't want to. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll see this, and this will continue until we get official word from Watsi and the, might be tomorrow. The, yeah, that's true. Or actually, it might be in a couple hours, I suppose. Yeah, well, we've gotten word already that they've canceled. Like that, it's this is not this uh, license is not going into effect. Yep. And uh, okay. and a lot of people have said it's it's it is not really it's not a, it's not open. It's gaming, and it's basically a contract. Yeah, yeah. Because you know both you, you have to report to them. You know, there's there's you know you have to report revenue. It's like this is a contract. You're working for them basically. I think I saw, producing. I think I saw someone say that like okay, uh, a contract gives there, there's kind of benefits both ways, mm-hmm. and like a one like. The benefit originally was we won't sue you. Right. We promise not to sue you for using this stuff. And in return, you can use some of our stuff a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. But in a lot narrower way than if you just made it on your own. You made it compatible <laughs> yeah, without yeah, yeah. expressly using our stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Yes. So the drama, I'm sure, will continue. So hopefully, sure. hopefully we'll be back to normal one of these weeks. But I think January is pretty, <laughs> January is pretty, yeah. pretty much done. Yeah. So where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, as always, at HiveMind, H-Y-V-E-M-Y-N-D, where I'm just doing all kinds of stuff, mostly pixel art related <laughs> as I kind of develop more games that will then get abandoned in a couple weeks. Later, <laughs> <Right>. so, anyway, <laughs> nice. how about you? So I'm doing my uh, single panel gag cartoon, so abuse cartoon. So look for that live stream on uh, Twitch and YouTube. And uh, abusecartoons.com uh, is the website for that. And we will be doing a live stream tomorrow. Yes. yes. Another Oathmark live stream. Yes. Yay. So, yeah, about this time, maybe a little bit later this time. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing putting together uh, more uh, miniatures from yeah. uh, North Star and uh, getting some, some dwarves ready to face off against some evil elves. <laughs> <laughs> You got to mention there are also evil dwarves. Oh, the, the dwarves were probably <laughs> there are no good too. people here. Yep. Yeah, it would probably be pretty evil all the way around. Happened when I saw that. Ooh, spiders! Elves can take giant spiders. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> all right, and uh, if you'd like to support what we're doing with the weekly, uh, please consider becoming a patron, a weakling, as a yeah. matter of fact, the strongest of all supporters. Yes, everywhere. So, <laughs> so Patreon.com/slash/UpturnTable, and UpturnTable.com is the website for everything, and UpturnTable on all social media to see what we're up to. And uh, yeah, so subscribe uh, to uh, this podcast to get uh, to get it regularly in your RSS feed. And the audio for the whole live stream uh, goes into the patron RSS, so you can listen to everything, including the early uh, OGL discussion. Early and, rants. Yeah, early rants that, that lose us all of our subscribers. Yeah. But uh, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Later, mortals. Goodbye.
Oh, oh, oh.